In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding obsessed and the brides who are stressed, because after all, it's only one day of your life. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Betches Brides. I'm your host, Nicole Pellegrino. And I'm Jordana Abraham. We have a very special guest today. Nicole, would you like to to do the introduction? Yes. So we have Josh Story here with us. He reached out to us. We said, yes, you're coming on the podcast. He is a wedding speech expert. I'm dubbing you with that expert title. Um, <laughs> and, an, and the author of a new book called Wedding Toasts Don't Have to Suck, Nine Easy Steps to Keep You from Ruining Someone's Wedding. So that title alone caught us and we had to have you on. Josh, we're so excited you're here. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm happy to be a part. This is awesome. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Can you can you yeah, totally. just can you for everyone who's listening, um, how did you get into this? Like give us your journey to becoming this wedding <laughs> toast expert. Like how did you come to be where you are having written a book about this whole thing? Totally. So I write and speak for a living and when you think back about uh, your high school speech class or your college speech class uh, you learn how to do speeches that you never do for the rest of your life, right? Like right. how-to speeches. Like the number of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich speeches I've heard is ridiculous, right? And so we like grow up learning how to speak by doing these speeches in class, yet no one has any clue how to do like a wedding toast. And so over the years, anytime that I had a friend do, you know, a best man speech or maid of honor speech, they would call me up and say, dude, I am so lost. I don't have any clue where to go. Uh, And so the book really just kind of became uh, a bunch of like tips that I've given folks over the years to just say, hey, this is how you do it. You can do it. It's going to be great and you won't bomb. And so, uh, yeah, that's just kind of how it came about. How many have you given? I assume you've given wedding speeches over the years. I have, have yeah, yeah. Do you know how many you've given? Oh, man, probably... Uh, probably 20 to 25, I would imagine. Uh, and then I've officiated uh, quite a few as well. So, oh, cool. I feel like there's always like the guy in the friend group who like they ask to make the speech because they like know it's going to be really funny <laughs> and going to be really yep. good. And so, totally. I, assume, I assume you're that guy considering you've well, literally written the book on it. Well, there's that. And I'm also like the 27 dresses of dudes. And so, I have been <laughs> the the guy who has been in so many weddings over the years. So after a while, you just kind of pick up on it. Yeah. It's so funny because I've given one maid of honor speech in my whole life thus far um, for my sister's wedding. And I mean, I consider myself, I mean, I'm a co-host on a podcast right now. I consider myself pretty good at like public speaking, you know, whatever. When it comes to doing that wedding speech, I couldn't eat my dinner before. <laughs> I was so nervous. It yeah. it ended up being really good. Thank God I had practiced it. I had done it to people the day before so that they could kind of hear it and help me edit it. 
thank God. But um, I mean, it's a it's a lot of pressure on a person. So I think we're totally. gonna, you know, if you're listening right now and you're a bride, I think you'll be able to forward this episode to anybody in your wedding giving giving a speech. You'll be able to use it if you're giving a toast or a speech. Um, so that being said. Josh, I'd love to jump right in. Kind of the basics. We had a lot of questions around like, first of all, who do you see most commonly actually having to give, being expected to give a speech at a wedding? Totally. So you kind of have two two realms, right? You have the wedding itself and then you have the rehearsal. And so um, typically at the reception, you have maid of honor, best man, and father of the bride, right? And those are typically like the trifecta of wedding toast and stuff like that. But then if you come from a tradition where you really view the rehearsal dinner as this kind of big celebration where everyone gets up and, you know, gives a speech. um, I feel like a lot of people who aren't in the best man or maid of honor situation will find themselves being like, Oh, Oh, Mm -hmm. I need to give a speech. I was not prepared for that. You know, and those can kind of just be the long, rambly I have no clue what I'm saying I wasn't prepared and so even I always tell people I prepare something if you're in the bridal party at all because Mm -hmm. you never know when you're at dinner and you know someone stands up and says all right so it's speech time and we all been at that dinner where someone says all right it's time for speeches and there's just that really long awkward pause where it's like Mm -hmm. all right who's gonna go first well, I've been in a number of weddings um, where I've given speeches, but I feel like they usually, like usually the bride, if I'm friends, because I'm friends with the bride in most cases, will like reach out to me beforehand and say, hey, like would love if you said a few words here. Totally. So, I mean, like I've never seen like the totally cold, like anyone volunteer right now thing, but I guess I could see that being being common in some places. Mm-hmm. But I would I would assume you would recommend for the bride and groom to sort of give people a heads up if you want them to speak beforehand oh, totally. so that they can prepare, right? Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That would only be the human thing to do. I feel like if you don't, <laughs> that's just savage. Like, like, well, hey, you set yourself Nicole? up for like no one being prepared or wanting or wanting to give a speech because they're not prepared to and they're kind of too nervous to. So I think that like it's, it's it will can definitely backfire you as like the couple who's getting married if you don't let people know ahead of time. Totally. Right. Are we considering speech and toast the same thing? That was a question we got from the audience as well. Are they different? That's a great point. I, I use those words interchangeably, um, but I feel okay. like you could do, like you could consider a toast like a more, a speech light, you know? Right. That's okay. what I was going to say. Like, I feel like a toast is a quick, like shortened version. A speech makes me think of like President Obama giving a speech. <laughs> right. Um, but I think I use them interchangeably. End. Yes, exactly. That kind of going off of that, Jordana, that's one of the, that was the biggest question we had. Um, Josh, do you think there's like kind of a general outline for a good wedding toaster speech? Like, should there be that beginning, middle or end? Like what's kind of that winning formula for a good speech? So I'm a big fan of what I call like a one point toast or like a one, one point speech. I think the thing that will set every speech apart is that you have to have a point. The reason why most speeches are either like they take forever or they're, you don't remember them or they just make you check out is because we don't know where to start and where to end, right? But if you have one clear point, like one thing that you're going to say, then you're going to capture people's attention because usually it's a, 
I'm going to tell two or three random unconnected stories from college, maybe make an inside joke that no one understands and then finish with a kind of, yeah, cheers to the bride and groom. And everyone's like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know what that was. Right. But if you can figure out, okay, what's my one point? Like, what's the one thing that I want to say? The one thing that I want to leave people with, then it allows you to kind of orient everything around that point and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, start with some sort of, you know, opening line, kind of introducing who I am. And then, you know, really just talk about this one, one thing. And so it keeps you from talking for, you know, 20 minutes, because you're trying to cover 20 different things. And so I would, I would say first step is just figuring out what do I actually want to say? Like, what's the one point that I think is actually worth mentioning um, about this person? So it's like, you know, so it's like your thesis would be like, Josh is a really good friend. And then like everything would sort of play, I would assume like kind of add evidence to that or like make jokes about that or like end with, with that being the conclusion that everyone would get from like whatever story or stories that you're telling in the speech. Yeah. So like, as an example, yeah, yeah, (laughs) no, totally. So like, so maybe this is helpful. Um, my best friend got married a while ago and I had to, you know, give a speech or I got to give a speech. And, uh, and I was thinking, man, like how on earth do I even begin? Like, what's the one thing Like, we've been best friends for a decade? Where do you even start? And I think that's really paralyzing for a lot of folks of like, there's so Mm -hmm. many things that I could say, what do I want to say? And so I remember thinking back to when I met his now wife, the very first thing that she said was, I think you are my biggest competition. And I started laughing and that kind of became a joke, you know, uh, among us. And so I realized it's like, that's going to be the hook. That's going to be the thing. And so I stood up and, and I said, Hey, my name's Josh. I've been best friends with Dan for, you know, a long time, blah, blah, blah. I said, but you know, the first time that I met Carolyn, uh, she said, you know, you are my biggest competition. And I was thinking about that. And no one wants that. No one wants to have that kind of tension in a marriage and have to figure out who you have to kind of choose, you know, between the wife Mm -hmm. and the best friend. And so I've decided that tonight I'm going to propose a joint custody agreement. And so like the whole speech was around this fake agreement and I like printed it off and I kind of said, you know, here are the terms, right? I get this, you get this. And like what I got was all really funny stuff. Like, you know, I get this many, you know, bro hangouts a year. I get you know, one baby name recommendation, I get, mm-hmm. you know, all these things and then now, but, but for you, you get, and then that's when it kind of took a more sentimental turn of, and you get to do all kinds of life and you, and you get to see him do this and you get to, you know, experience all this, you know? And so I think like trying to figure out, okay, what's my angle? What's like the point? And then, you know, the intro can be really simple of, Hey, my name's so-and-so best, best friend, roommate from college, blah, 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 and then kind of figure out what your thing is and then just transition straight, you know, into that. Josh, are you supposed to thank like the parents of the bride and groom? I've heard that a lot. Is that necessary? You definitely can. Like it's nice. Um, I don't know if it's absolutely necessary, but it's always nice to do like a little shout out saying, Hey, like what an awesome party, right? Thanks so much to Mr. Mrs. So-and-so or Right. Know, I think that's always a nice touch. I feel like you, another thing that you hear a lot is like, look how beautiful the bride and groom look tonight. Like that's just totally. one of those niceties that you put in just to kind of warm up yeah. the room. Totally. Right. So we have some questions from listeners and people are asking, how do you strike the balance between being funny but not being mean? 
Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service for just $98 a month. You can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BRIDES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code BRIDES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code BRIDES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. <laughs> I think that is that's a tough one. the biggest yeah. question. I mean, tr totally. it truly is real quick, not to make it about me, but just to give some preface background, yeah. I, my sister's speech almost like ended up being like a roasting session about <laughs> her. And I remember I read it to her friends before and they were like, okay, we love you, Nicole. It's, it's great, but you got to take out this, that, and the other. And I thank God they did. Cause like, honestly, that's how my sister and I's humor is like kind of roasting each other. But like, and I did a little bit, the perfect amount, thank God, not too much, but um, you know, it, it's important to not do that, but go on, Josh, what's the perfect balance? Oh, totally. there, there's a very thin line between like a full on roast and mm -hmm. just like a funny little thing here and there. I think one of the easiest ways to be funny without roasting who you're talking about is you make the joke about you where you, you kind of have like a self deprecating vibe, vibe to it. Like I remember, um, a buddy of mine, his, uh, his brother, was a professional athlete and all of his groomsmen were professional athletes except for him and if you see him he's clearly not a professional athlete and so his kind of you know opening line was hey what's up my name is brett brother of the groom clearly the athlete of the group and you know just just mm -hmm. that like little kind of self-deprecating thing was just enough yes. to make people go okay haha we're having fun here and like the bar for humor at a wedding is so low like people will laugh at anything. And I think that's something that people need to think about because we oftentimes think, okay, like I have to bring the house down. And the reality is people will laugh at anything because right. the bar is just super low. And so I think if you can make a self-deprecating a self joke about you, that's always like a win um, or a joke about you that makes that person look awesome. I think that uh, like you never want to assassinate someone's character and there's a really thin thin line between we can joke about so-and-so um, being messy or we can joke about so-and-so always being late or we can always, you know, there's like stuff like that. It's like, okay, haha. -ha. But then there's other times where it's like, Ooh, ew. yeah, it's kind right. of making us all feel a little awkward. Yeah. So what are like, what do you think is like the things to definitely steer away from? Like what would you never talk about in a speech? If you could name like a couple things, <laughs> I would say uh, past relationships for sure. Um, just like not the time, 
uh, I would even say like um, anything that like makes people think less of them. Like, like I think that um, going back to the idea of you have one thing, one thing to say, right. You have one, like one point Um, you want to make that point matter. Right. And so I've heard a lot of people over the years say, Hey, so I've been, you know, so-and-so's roommate for the last three or four, four years. And so since you're his new roommate, let me give, give you a list of stuff to expect, right? One, he never washes the dishes. Like he never does this. And like, that can be funny, but it's also kind of tired and played out. And so I think part of it is like, stay away from stuff like that. Because if you have five minutes to say one thing, do you really want everyone to walk away with, oh, so-and-so looks like their house was a tornado went through, right? I mean, there's just like all these things that you just kind of, kind of want to stay away from. But I would say past relationships, anything that makes them look just like a horrible human um, (laughs) would be uh, a general place to start. That's okay. so true. Cause it's like their in-laws are there too. Like, please don't like bring up the dirty past while my totally. in-laws are there watching. Right. Yeah, totally. And like, like if you go back, like I'm sure you have all kinds of stories, right? Stories from high school, stories from college. Like there's all these things that you could, could tell. And the reality is like, just choose wisely, like, like choose a story that's going to uplift them. And I think that one of the things that we forget is that one of the beauties of what you get to do in giving that speech is you get to remind everybody what a privilege it is to be in the room, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, you allow everyone to, to think, wow, I made the cut. Like this person is awesome. And I get to be in the room celebrating this couple. And I think that if you can f- figure out a way to steer away from anything that makes people go, yeah, you're right. That dude's a scumbag. Or, you know, like just thinking <laughs> through things that make, make people go, wow, this is a really cool moment in time and I'm really honored that I get to be a part of this. Right. Have you ever witnessed a speech where like they were super mean to the, like any that <laughs> like went really wrong and made the whole thing? Oh, totally. Yeah. I haven't actually, but I want to one day just for fun. <laughs> so one speech that will be etched in my brain till the day I die is I was at a wedding once and the brother of the groom went, went first and he gave the most glowing speech. I mean, I mean, people were just like borderline weeping, like, Oh my gosh, what a incredible human he is. And he's so kind and so nice. And I mean, I mean, it was the most glowing review of a person I've ever met in my life. And like, I remember thinking like, man, I'm, I'm real honored to be a part of this. Like, this is awesome. And then the maid of honor stepped up and it became very, very clear that she had one speech and one speech only, right? There was a plan A and no plan B. There's no backing out now. And her speech was essentially the most like grilling roast of the bride. And just oh, yeah. in contrast, and I think that's part of it too, is you have to read the room to where yeah. if like, because like he just finished a speech that like everyone was just like warm and fuzzy all over. It was like, oh, what an amazing thing. And then she like steps up and she just, lets her have it and it might have been funny if she went first but in light of her going second it's like oh that's right. not cool and, the bride and like and like and, get upset. and like the whole feel of the room was just like wah, wah. i mean it was just so uncomfortable because it was just i'm gonna roast you and it's all i have and i gotta oh my god i gotta go because this is what i wrote and there's no turning back and it was just so uncomfortable for everybody no 
Yeah, I definitely, I feel like you have to sense of like what kind of wedding it is too. Like, is it a lot oh, of totally. family members? Yeah. Is it a lot of like elderly in-laws and people who totally. don't know the bride that well? Or is it like an intimate group of like your 20 really good friends and everyone knows each other really well? I also feel like that probably impacts like just how, how, right. um, how detailed you go probably and how oh, totally. like, you know, far you can take it, I would room. assume. Reading a room is huge. From everything you've seen on TV and movies, what do you think is like the best like fake scripted TV like movie <laughs> wedding speech you've ever seen? I feel like there's so much out there. Uh, have you seen About Time? Um, I have. With no. where they there's like a time traveler. Yeah. Right. So or something. The yeah. Basic premise is that like the guys in his family can go back in time, and so he uh, so he picks a best man, and then his best man gives a speech, and he goes back in time. Repicks the best man, and like, and you know, in the editing, it's it's like hilarious because one guy will give a speech and he'll be like, mm, "Excuse me," and then you'll see, you know, flash to like another guy giving a speech, and then eventually he uh, has his dad up there giving a speech, and his dad gives this like really great, sweet, kind, you know, I've been married for forty years. Here's the key, you know, you know, and it was just like really cool, and I I, I love that sequence because you see just prime example of what not to do what not to do what not to do oh that was really cool that's great that's a great movie i really like that movie you guys who are listening go check out that movie also before you um give it to give a good sense of what not to do (laughs) also um and then in terms of like i guess and it's also good because it it also gives you the sense of like the worst speech you've ever given all in the same movie you just get double bang for your buck right yeah um so, I mean, I don't know if this is like a logistical thing. What do you, how do you feel about like reading a speech on your phone versus on like a piece of paper versus memorizing it? I feel like when you memorize it, that's great. It's really hard to do. Totally. Yeah. I think if, if you stick to having one clear point, it's so much easier to memorize because you aren't trying to say a million things. Right. And so I'm a big fan of if you can internalize it and say, this is it. And it's just within me. Mm-hmm. then you're going to come across so much more bold, I guess. And um, when you have a piece, piece of paper, you run the risk of like the paper just like shaking the whole time, right? And because the, the average person doesn't speak publicly ever, right? And so it's a really nerve wracking thing. And so you don't know kind of how your nerves are going to be. And we've all seen the, the person who's you know, reading their speech and like the paper their shaking. Their voice like, is trembling. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, oh sweet. I like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Right. Um, yeah. And then I think, you know, the, the phone is great. The phone is cool. I, I do think that if we have notes or like a speech in front of us, we're always going to default to our phone and we're always going right. to look. And I think that there's something cool if you kind of just know what you want to say and it's just so a part of you and like within you, then you aren't glued to whatever's in your hand and it allows you to be a lot more bold and just kind of stand up and own it you know so you're you're a big fan of memorizing yeah totally do you recommend like practicing before or like reading it to somebody else before letting other people hear it before that kind of thing yeah i think like always like saying it out loud even if you're just in the mirror or just driving around you know in your car i think that's just a good like preparation and i think it honors the bride and the groom really well right like if you Mm -hmm. like step up because they are entrusting you with a pretty significant portion of their reception so like if you hop up there and you just wing it everyone can tell that you just 
winged it, right? You know, versus stepping up there and having something really thoughtful to say and, you know, owning it well, like that, like that's such a great gift to the bride and groom. So, so I highly suggest not winging it and actually just like talking it out a couple of times. And there's something about hearing it out out loud that makes you go, Hmm, that doesn't Mm -hmm. sound the way that I thought it would, or that doesn't hit exactly the way that I, you know, uh, thought it would. So joke wouldn't land. And like you said, I, I love that point. You said, speaking of jokes, like, like you said, the bar is so low for weddings. You don't have to be a, com- a stand-up comedian, oh, totally. which I think is the fault that a lot of people fall into. They're like, they see these ones on TV or they see other people's being so funny and they think they have to overcorrect the funniness. But it's like, no, like literally just like you said, do a little quick little self-deprecating joke, make that person look better. It's their wedding. Like, and people will laugh. Like people at weddings are like waiting to laugh, I feel like. And they'll be able to tell totally. based on the inflection of your voice, like when to laugh kind of. Totally. Uh, and, and to that point, people want to like you. Like, like people really want the speech to go well. I think that we have, have this thing in our minds where we oftentimes think, okay, like I have to win everybody over. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is chilling. Like everyone's like hanging back, like glass of wine in hand. Like they want you to be good. Like, like no one is sitting there thinking, I hope I hate the next five minutes of my life. Like, I really hope this is a major disaster and the bride starts crying. Like, no, like no one thinks that like everyone is rooting for you. And another note is a lot of times people will stand up and they'll start off by saying, instead of doing some like joke that kind of wins everybody over, they'll like stand up and they'll be like, all right, so I'm not a public speaker. Bear with me. And like what people think they're doing is they think they're asking for grace. They're asking like, hey, like be gracious to me. But what they're really mm-hmm. doing is saying, hey, everything that you hope doesn't happen is about to happen. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. You, so like, don't like, start off with self-deprecation, you're saying. Okay. To- totally, yeah. Or yeah. like self-deprecation in the way of like, you know, this is going to be bad. Be bad. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right. And so, you know, because like everyone is on your side, they're rooting for you. And if you can just hop up and like go and own it, um, everyone's going to have, you know, a good time. Right. Nobody expects you to be professional. Speaking of something you just touched on, is five minutes you think like the sweet spot for a good speech? I think it's the max. Yeah. Max. And I th- okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th- I think the only mm-hmm. scenario where you can go longer is if you're paying for the microphone, right? So like if you're the you know father of the bride <laughs> and you know, and it's your it's your show, dude, talk as long as you want to talk, right? But but even then I would say, you know, five minutes is a good kind of idea because I think one as a father especially if you're giving a father of the bride toast how on earth do you boil you know 25 30 years into a speech right like there's no possible way where you can cover you know all of it and so I think that oftentimes like fathers feel like they have to give you know a history of who their daughter is right Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like dude like just say one really meaningful thing and I think what's cool is if you're the the father you get to walk her down the aisle and that in and of itself is a chance where you're like you get this really special moment where you can say things to her like one-on-one that she'll remember for like a long time right, right? where like that's you essentially you have two like two speeches like one one to her mm-hmm. one-on-one that's going to be incredibly special and then the one in front of everybody else where you can you know just say something really thoughtful and meaningful and you know start a dance party Right, right. I like that. 
And then what do you think is the best way, like, if you're going to give a speech, how do you, like, calm yourself down without getting too drunk? Like, what's the big, <laughs> I assume, like, the biggest mistake is just drinking too much to, to totally. calm your, your nerves. Oh, I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. No, totally. There's a, there's a point of no return where it's like, bro, once you cr- crossed it, like, it's just all the downhill. And so I would say definitely don't toast under the influence of it all possible. Um, just have your wits about you the best that you po- possibly can. I think for me, the, the biggest thing that's calmed people down is just remembering like, hey, everyone is for you. Everyone wants you to do well. No one's against you. No one's rooting for you to fail. Just chill out. You're good. We're all here. We're all having fun. Um, you right. Know, They're all like, friends and family of totally. the chances are you also know them very well if you're also a good friend or family member of the couple. So it's like they all, totally. they're your loved ones. That's the totally. main point of advice of advice. Somebody told me before I did my sisters and I was like, that's actually so true. It's like my cousins in the room. Like, why would I not, why would I be nervous in front of them? So that helped yeah, a little, totally. even though I still didn't eat my steak dinner from that. <laughs> um, Another question we had from the audience was, okay, so pretend like you're a bride or groom and you know, like if I'm a bride, I know my best, my groom's best man is like very out there and funny and that comedy bro. And I'm nervous about him kind of going all in and going crazy and divulging too much. How do you kind of like get in front of that? Do you have any advice for, um, couples who are worried that their speech giver will divulge too much yeah i mean i don't think it's uncalled for to give some guidelines you know yeah to to where like if you know that you have a friend who is just off the rails and that's probably one of the reasons why you love them right it's like dude Mm -hmm. you're so funny you're so off the rails but there's a time and a place right and i think that if you really are great friends like i've like maybe this happens rarely, but I've rarely met someone who gets offended by saying, well, like I can't tell that story about freshman year, spring break, dude. Like, no, right. like, like most, most people are like, dude, Hey, it is your day. I, whatever you want. Right. And so I would imagine that most people who are in that position, if they're close enough to you to be giving a toast, they're totally down if they give some, or, or if they're given some instructions. Right. Right. No, I definitely agree. I think the best is to get ahead of it. And especially if you're thinking about something like you you won't regret giving them a heads up. You probably will regret oh, if totally. you didn't say anything and then they <laughs> right. just take free reign. Um, but I mean, okay, so you have this book coming out. If you guys should definitely read it. What, remind, remind the audience what it's called and where they can yeah, get it. So, so, so it's on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's called Wedding Toast Don't Have to Suck. That's great. I don't. You guys should read the whole book, but if you could only do one takeaway from this book, like what do you think is the most important thing to really drive home? Yeah, honestly, I have a point. Like, I think we underestimate the power of clarity. And if you have one point, you have one meaningful thing to say that's clear and everyone can, can go, oh, wow, that's really special. Like you have won. Like you have literally beat 99% of wedding toast because people actually have a clue of what on earth you're talking about. And you have the ability to make them feel stuff, right? Like that's what are so power. That's what's so powerful about words is that like words have the ability to make people feel things that they weren't feeling a second ago. And so if you can figure mm-hmm. out what's the one meaningful thing I want to say, and I want to say it in a way that makes everyone go, wow, this is a really special day. Um, then I think you nailed it. 
you just did that with That's... what you just gave about about the book. I feel like the now I feel like you just said a, a nice speech about the book. <laughs> and now I want to be closer to the book. I want to buy yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so I, it I love it. that. All comes full circle. Thank you so much for for coming on. This was I I learned a lot. Now, like I'm sort of like replaying all the speeches I've given, and now I'm kind of having anxiety <laughs> about all the so ways funny. I ruined them. <laughs> I you I'm replaying the ones too, and that to that advice, you can tell the ones that had a clear point. I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, that one. The point was that the couple was soulmates to each other. Like you can tell which ones did and didn't have a clear point. So I totally. love that. Yeah. No, this is great. So guys, check out Josh's book, uh, Josh Story. We'll put his we'll put a link to it in our just episode description. And thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, y'all are awesome. Thanks for having me. And we are back. That was so great. I feel like I learned so much from that. We hope you guys did too. Um, if you're gonna have to give a speech or you have bridesmaids that are giving a speech, definitely like Nicole said in the beginning of this episode send it to them because then you won't have to tell them what things to avoid and uh, Josh can have told them for you. So it makes mm-hmm. things less weird for you. But we are back with our perfect fit segment. It's time for perfect fit brought to you by Generation Talks. Getting the perfect fit for your fiance and groomsmen can be overwhelming and for some totally foreign. That's why Generation Talks makes it simple and painless. So you can do everything online from the comfort of your own home. And as a bride, we all know how hard it can be to get everything to fit your vision for the perfect wedding. So here's the perfect fit question of the week brought to you by Generation Talks. Hi, Betches. Biggest fan. You have answered so, so, so many of my questions over the last few months. To jump right in, my fiance and I have been engaged since October, but dove right into everything with the way vendors are getting snatched up. We've gotten a list of tier one, must be invited, and tier two would be nice to invite guests to invite from my in-laws, and their tier one list had more than 80 people on it pretty much 40 family members and 40 of their friends. We saw my in-laws over the weekend and my fiance casually mentioned that he would not be inviting the 40 friends his parents had added to the end of their MVP list. His dad was immediately concerned and explained that he would pay for all of their friends. While this is appreciated since I have never met half of these people, my concern is really not about the money. My fiance and I had decided on a guest list of no more than 120 people, 60 for each of us. And at this point, his parents will have more friends at the wedding than we will. I don't want to sound like a bridezilla and tell them they can't invite people, but I want the focus of our wedding day to be on us and not the reunion his parents will be hosting. How do I instruct my fiance to go about telling them that the guest list does not have room for any more people? Thanks so much. Sincerely, class of 82 can fuck off my venue. That that sign off was really funny. I loved that sign off. That's Um, great. First of all, I'm so proud of her for the last line of this email. How do I instruct my fiance to go about telling them? Because that we, I feel like that's always our advice. Like put it on the fiance. It's his family. Make him deal with this. And so I'm glad she's like, she's not like, how do I do all this? Um, That being said, this is a hot topic. We hear a lot of these questions about the guest list, especially these days as guest lists are being slashed left and right because of the pandemic we're in. Um, and I feel her pain. I mean, 40 family members. I We've all been to those weddings where it's like, is this a like older adult party or is this is, or is this like the friends of the bride and group? Like, you know, I, I feel her pain. I wouldn't want it to be like all a bunch of like random adults who I don't know. Um, I think it's so important to set boundaries as early as possible with this. And she needs to tell her fiance, like, he needs to be firm with the parents and 
And I think that even number, she said they both are going to have 60 for each person. I think like that's a really good and easy way to set that boundary and say like, look, obviously to the parents, like, look, you guys are super important to us. It's important that you have a good day, a good time at my wedding. That being said, it's our wedding, not yours. So we do need to set this boundary and, um, you know, not have as many of your friends invited. Right. I think that's great advice. I would, um, I would just add to that. I mean, have from having done so many of these, I feel like obviously it's a little late for this bride to do what I'm about to suggest. But what I would do is come up with your number before then and then say to the parents, instead of saying to the parents, give us your list, because when they, when you say give us your list and you don't give any sort of like boundaries on the list, um, then you let them sort of run free in their mind and they get their expectations built up for having all these people. Again, not as your fault, but I just think like for anyone who's listening out there who hasn't asked their in-laws who they want to invite, I think a better way to go about it is to say, hey, um, we've figured out like the, you know, the, our wedding count and our wedding list. And we would love to let you invite up to 40 people and like, uh, and we're happy mm-hmm. to have those people invited. And if you want to give us a list of those 40 people, let us know who they are. So then it's like you're going, they're going into it thinking, okay, like they know, they, they feel like honored to have these 40 people and they're very aware that like that's in there. So I think it's a little right. harder when you do it this way of like give us your list and then you're like, oh no, I didn't mean give us like your full list. So I think have a little compassion for them and maybe them going overboard just in the sense of you didn't give them any initial restrictions. So they could, I could see why they, they thought it was a little bit of a free for all, especially if they're open to paying for it, where they thought, okay, like anyone we can pay for, we can invite. So for anyone out there, I would just say, when you're going to ask, say, we have this, we have, we would love to let you invite up to X amount of people. Please like, please let us know who they are. Um, Since it's a little late for that, I think your route is sort of like the best way to go. And again, I would almost start with like taking ownership over like your part in this and saying Mm -hmm. like, I'm so sorry that I forgot to clarify that we forgot to clarify when we gave you the list. Instead of saying like, we're, by the way, we're not inviting 40 of your friends who you think are coming like, LOL, it's our right. wedding. Kind of um, put it on I yourself. More, I like that. All right. I think the more compassionate and like uh, rational way to do it for their feelings too. And to, for the respect to show them respect is to say, we totally messed up by say, by, by telling you we can invite anyone we should we really should have told you how many people we were planning on having that being said like is it possible that we can cut down this list because our ideal number is 120 and you know it's tough to cut people down i totally get that um thankfully hopefully we haven't told too many people but like how can we get how can we get this number down to i don't know what her total number that she's going to let them have is how can we get this number down to 40 and then like work with them to yeah. say like who can be cut but i would start by like again making it sort of about you and owning your part in it which is again like letting them their imaginations run wild with envisioning every person that they have sort of vaguely known over the last few years um because i can see how that would happen in a very non like i can see how someone wouldn't be trying to be rude but like would think that that was okay if you did say like give us your list and then it feels more of a stark difference when you're like cutting a a large chunk of people off the list versus if you just say hey you have 10 slots to fill fill them with whoever you want and we're happy i do i will say if they do get pushback from i love how we're like dealing with this scenario like it's a literal like sales 
like work thing. <laughs> like if they get pushback, like using corporate terms, but if you right. do get pushback from the other side and they're like, look, I don't see what the problem is. Like I'm offering to pay. Cause that's, that's often like the big thing is like the, the bride and groom are like, we're not paying for, you know, this, all these friends of yours, mom and dad. Like, so if the dad's saying like, look, we're going to pay for the 40 friends, like, and they're getting pushback, I would then go from the, I would then be honest with them and be like, that's, uh, look, that is very kind of you to offer that. It's not about the money. It's about the fact that I, this is an intimate thing, more intimate, like I am marrying the love of my life. And I don't want people who I don't know that well, they're witnessing that it's an intimate thing. Like, I think that is totally, and honestly, pull the coronavirus card, because that's true too. Like, 120 I just to give you an update we'll talk more in the next episode about all of our wedding updates but like my wedding planner just recently uh we had a call with her just to like keep up with every all the planning for September and she was like brace yourself because you might have to like start cutting the list more and we did cut a couple people off and um you know even though things hopefully fingers crossed will be like okay by then it's like still people are having to cut down more and more in preparation and um so yeah i mean it's that's a good yeah it's a good way to use the the situation going on for your own i mean like yeah i think that's that's definitely one way to go about it just to be like we're trying to just keep it intimate this year has taught us Mm -hmm. so much about just wanting to be around our you know closest friends and family and again i would just not make it like like angry or threatening to them i would just be like it's so important to us to have people that we're close to like you guys there um right and you know our other immediate family but you know we want to just be like safe and mm-hmm. to have the wedding we envisioned and i do think most people are rational in that sense and if you're like it's not really about the money i so appreciate that's so nice of you to to say that you're going to pay for all of them um i appreciate right. that so much but for us, it's not even really even about the money. It's just about wanting it to be like a more intimate wedding. And like, you know, maybe they'll want to, maybe they'll throw you an engagement party with their friends. That's, that's like a separate larger say. thing. If that's something that's really important, if that's something that's really important to them to have a, a celebration with all of their friends, they could, they could, and they're willing say to like, pay. I'm, I'm, yeah, you could say I'm totally, I will definitely show up to that. Yeah. <laughs> that's always I was literally gonna say that too like that's always a good plan b like we can do a different celebration like as the bride and groom you should want to be celebrated all the times that you can like that's a good thing if they want to do a big friends reunion let them and you can show up yeah I would just come at it with like gratitude and like compassion for their for them not overstepping because I don't think they meant to do it but um, I think we were pretty helpful in this. What do you think? I think so. This is I a, think so too. Again, a hot topic. I mean, the guest list has been the main point of contention <laughs> between yeah, Mike and I this year. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think especially this year, but overall, like it's just it's it's a tough question. It's a lot of money. It brings up questions of like who are you close to, who are you not close to. It really is a lot of interpersonal stuff and financial for stuff, sure. which are both very stressful things. If you guys have a question about um that for perfect fit or another one of our segments please email us brides at betches.com um we would love to help you we love doing this and that's it for this week's perfect fit 
brought to you by Generation Tux. Generation Tux specializes in online suit and tuxedo rentals delivered directly to your door. With over 20 styles of suits and tuxedos and hundreds of accessory colors, Generation Tux has everything your groom and groomsmen need to get the perfect fit. They provide free at-home try-ons to make sure you're getting the best fit possible. And their groomsmen management system ensures your guys get fitted and order their garments on time. You can try Generation Tux and their award-winning customer service for yourself by going to generationtux.com. Visit to build your look and get started today. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. And that is our episode. Um, I think we, we, we got a lot in today. We got Josh, who uh, taught us yes. all about wedding speeches. We learned about how to be firm with boundaries with your parents. We're just, you know, we're which is important. And guys, we'll have more updates. I I know every week I'm like, "Ah, nothing to report back because I've been like procrastinating wedding planning. Um, But I, we will, we have some exciting ones uh, coming up. (laughs) I'm excited to to hear more about it next week. Um, And we will, we will see you soon till death do us part. Batches.